Welcome to the Jim Roman Show, where we help you build a better business to build a better life with your host, Jim Roman. So Jim Roman is originally from Northeast Pennsylvania, outside the Poconos in a small town called Nanticoke, population 16,000. We have only two streetlights, um, and I was raised there in my parents' restaurant. My parents uh, uh, started that when I was 13 years old, and I was there pretty much up until I went into the Air Force at age 19. Uh, so I have two brothers. I have a younger brother, one year younger than me, and an older brother who's six years older than me. Uh, my older brother still lives in Pennsylvania, not too far from where we, we grew up. And my younger brother lives in Texas near Dallas. I was in the Air Force for four and a half years. Stationed in Maine for two years, and I was in uh, Langley Air Force Base in Hampton, Virginia, another two and a half years. Did you learn anything in the Air Force? Did I learn anything in the Air Force? I learned a lot in the Air Force. Uh, well, I should say I learned a lot in Boy Scouts, because a lot of things I learned in Boy Scouts applied to basic training in the Air Force, um, uh, which is you know keep quiet, do your job, and uh, don't get noticed. Uh, so what I learned in the Air Force, one of the biggest things is processes are important. So I worked on weapon systems, on B-52s, and loaded missiles on F-15s, uh, equivalent to luggage handling in the civilian world, but loading bombs. And so you would need to know how to do troubleshoot for electrical uh, uh, problems and stuff like that. So learning how to troubleshoot, following processes so that something doesn't blow up, um, and then working as a team. Uh, I was on a crew of, of three and we would load weapons, download weapons as a team. And my mentor, my sergeant was awesome. Bruce Lane, Sergeant Bruce Lane, actually showed me what it was like to be a leader. And then our other sergeant, I won't mention his name because you might hear this podcast, Sergeant Brown, um, how not to be the best leader. And then Frank was my other leader who, it's fascinating. So not to, it's amazing the different types of leadership in the military because rank, a lot of times people go based on rank, not on respect. And I so respected uh, uh, Sergeant Lane and Sergeant Booth, who were my mentors. So what were the next steps in going into civilian life? Well, uh, I was coming up to my uh, re-enlistment, and I was going to either go into the Special Forces with no guarantee that I would get accepted, or I was a bouncer at a nightclub, which was a restaurant during the day, and a bouncer at night because I have a black belt in karate. And the uh, one of my friends worked there, and he said, Jim, you know, you know how to handle yourself. Why don't you come be a bouncer? So I, I became a bouncer. I think I was the smallest guy. You know, it's almost like that roadhouse. You're kind of small to be a bouncer. Uh, and the owner knew I was from Pennsylvania. He was from Pennsylvania, knew I had a restaurant background, and his nephew who ran it uh, no longer worked there. So he approached me one day and said, hey, would you like to be my general manager? And I was like, well, I've never ran a restaurant, let alone a fine dining restaurant. He goes, I'll teach you everything you need to know. And so I took the leap. I, I finished my enlistment and started running that restaurant and was there for almost two years. Um, and so I went back into the restaurant as I knew it and worked really hard um, and really enjoyed it because it was really good food. So what did I do when I left the restaurant? So when I got to close to my two-year mark, I was asking myself, do I really want to be doing this anymore? I'm working 80 hours a week. I'm the only person who didn't get a raise in the entire restaurant and working long hours. Enjoyed it, but, but it was starting to take a toll on me. And so I was thinking about starting my own business, and not too long after that, a customer came up and said, hey, have you ever thought about starting your own business? I'm like, what? How do you, like, no, I didn't tell anybody that. And then just the timing was, and I said, well, actually, I'm thinking about that. And so he got me into network marketing in 1993, May of 1993, I left the restaurant business to start my uh, network marketing business. And within two years, I went broke, bankrupt, and homeless for a short period of time because I failed to what? Sell. 
I didn't want to sell. I didn't want to cold call. And so I collected a lot of inventory and a lot of debt. Um, and so I went broke and bankrupt. And actually, that's when it changed my life. Um, so uh, in 1996, I went into a, a friend of mine, a mentor of mine. I said, hey, can I work for you? I'll work for food. He laughed. I'm like, no, like literally I will work for food. Uh, some friends took me into their house, which I was very fortunate of that. And so he mentored me and that really turned my life around. And then in 1996, I decided to go back on my own with his blessing and took God on as my partner and been successful ever since. So I, I was staying with, a, so so I, I went homeless. Uh, I had a, a, one couple took me in for two weeks at their house in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And then another couple said they would take me in. And this other couple said, we have a spare bedroom if you want to stay there. And these people didn't know me. I was in a leadership course with all these people. And I admitted that it's the first time I ever had to ask for help because I'm the type of person being a middle child, I got it handled, but I had, didn't have it. I lost everything. I had to sleep on the floor of my office the, the, one week because um, I had nothing. I slept on, literally on my clothes. All my clothes, my suits were on the floor and I slept on top of them. That lease was up and so I was out. Um, and so they took me in and... Um, it's interesting because uh, it's funny that I'm a speaker now because uh, what turned my life around uh, was Anthony Robbins' uh, series on Awakening the Giant Within. I happened to be sitting in the living room and I asked the, my family, I said, hey, what, uh, the couple that took me in, I was like, what's that? He goes, you don't know who Anthony Robbins is? I'm like, no. He's like, oh, he's a great motivational speaker. And it was on cassette tapes. So as I was selling advertising, uh, uh, I would listen to these tapes to and from my, my the businesses and that mentally turned me around. So there's another book that I love that I have on my desk at all times, The Science of Being Great and The Science of Being Rich by Wallace Waddles. Uh, and essentially it was another book on their shelf and I said, what's this? Oh man, it's a great book. And it's a free book actually, you can get it online, The Science of Getting Rich and The Science of Being uh, Great. And um, it simply says, God wants you to have abundance. And in that moment, I. I was afraid to build a million dollar business because I felt I would lose it all. I've already lost it all, but I felt if I did it, try to build a million dollar business, I would lose it all. And, and the voice in my head said, Jim, I could take away anything I want at any time. So I want you to have abundance. So with Anthony Robbins cassette tapes and reading that book, A Science of Being Great, Science of Being Rich, um, it shifted my mindset. And I think that's why when I tell people starting a business or growing a business, get back to your purpose and passion to get your mindset right. Um, so that was one of the things that I went through uh, that turned my life around. I started that business in 1996, June of 1996. So my first business was May of 1993. I went broke and bankrupt within two years, uh, homeless for a brief period of time. And then I went to my mentor, asked him to, you know, to take me under his wing. He taught me the business. He taught me how to sell. Phenomenal. Paul Dittmar. I will be indebted to him uh, for the rest of my life. And... Um, uh, he is true, truly an inspiration and taught me. I am where I'm at because of him and several other mentors. And then in 1996, with his blessing, I said, I'd like to start this project. And he says, you can do it. You know this. And so I did in 1996, June of that year. I started my own uh, the business again, doing publishing, uh, small publishing. And like I said, been successful ever since. When did I start Business Owners Institute? Great question. Oh, this is a great question. So... Um, so it was in uh, 2005 that I started, well, uh, was thinking about starting Business Owners Institute. So I was involved in a previous franchise business with a mentor, and we uh, had a falling out with him. Um, just a simple, just not the right fit anymore. It was time to move on. And a partner of mine at the time said, you should call your former mentor, Steve, the one who got you into network marketing. 
you know, something tells me to call Steve. I'm like, I haven't talked to Steve in years. And Steve was the one who got me out of the restaurant business into network marketing. Steve wasn't the reason why I failed. Jim Roman failed because he failed to sell. So I said, okay, I'll call up Steve. I said, Steve Olds, Jim Roman here. Haven't spoken to you in ages. Oh, Jim, how's it going? And he happened to have a new business uh, that helps you to trademark your, your, your uh, intellectual property. And so I'm leaving this other company, going into another com- my company. And I said, well, I need to trademark my stuff. And so in 2009, we, have form- uh, we formed Business Owners Institute, formerly Jim Roman and Associates, in 2009 with his help trademarking everything. Uh, respectfully changing all of our stuff away from the previous company so we didn't compete with them. We didn't take any of their intellectual property. Uh, and so in 2009, we officially incorporated the business. Started in 2005, but officially 2009 was the actual branding of that name. And um, it's been that way ever since. What has the journey been emotionally? Great question. So I have good years and I have bad years. And I track all of those to this day. I have a spreadsheet that tells me what happened in each one of those years. So um, the good years, I had a mentor or a coach. The bad years, I did not. I did it on my own. Um, so I'm hard on myself. So I sometimes push myself too hard to exhaustion and stress myself out. And then I go to the opposite side of that. Well, I'm not going to push myself. I'm going to relax and enjoy life. And so trying to save the world and then save myself is 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 uh, draining. Um, but because I have my purpose and passion, I push through it. I'm never going to quit again. Uh, you know, I've been broke, bankrupt, and homeless. And until I'm broke, bankrupt, and homeless again and can't move, I'm going to continue to pr- pr- uh, push forward because the race is never ended until you're dead. And it is questionable if it even ends then. Um, but just like anybody, I think it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I'm told that sometimes I'm not approachable. And I'm like, why? Why am I not approachable? Because I can be intense. But if they got to know me, it's really passion. I, I'm going to get emotional here because I do believe people are dying in their business every day. And that I don't want that to happen. My dad's gone, right? I had a great life. Um, we had a great family. Um, but I don't think you need to put your life on hold to build a business. Put your family on hold to build a business. And so that passion, if you got to know me, that intensity is truly to save lives, truly for God and for their families. Um, and if people sometimes misread me because... My hair is done well. I dress well, um, but sometimes that's just to hide some of my insecurities. Or my, you know, I'm, people think I'm an extrovert. I'm not an extrovert. I'm an ambivert, which is a cross between introvert and extrovert. And I have to build myself up to be able to go out in public and speak in public. Uh, so that journey has been some highs and there's been lows. But I have my faith. I have my friends, and I, I count my blessings every day. What are the lessons I've learned in the highs and the lows? Number one: never stop reading business books. Uh, I had a low couple years ago, real low. And you you could look at my life that I've probably been more successful than most people in, in their life. And I'm only you know 53 right now. And um, uh, you can always be better, right? Um, so I had a really low and I could not shake it. And I had to say, okay, what did I do the last time that this happened? And I remember I, was, I would listen to motivational stuff. So I turned on YouTube and I Googled Anthony Robbins. I said, when I was broken, up and somewhat homeless, I listened to Anthony Robbins. So I found, I said, Anthony Robbins motivation. And, and he lit me back up. And I'm like, oh my God, there's that feeling again. And then I started reading business books, listening to other people's successes. And that encouraged me like, I can do that too. And so that's one of the lessons is, is never stop reading, never stop learning, never stop listening to motivation. The right motivation, I think is the biggest key uh, to my success and, and keeping me going forward. 
What are some of Jim Roman's hobby? It's funny you should ask me that. A friend of mine said, Jim, you should let people know how much you like bourbon because if they knew you drink bourbon and how relaxed you get when bourbon, uh, they would see a different side to you. I'm like, okay. Uh, so I love uh, bourbon. I, I, I was introduced to that to a friend of mine in property management. I, I, I cuss him every day because now I have uh, richer tastes. I uh, love Italian food uh, and I love wine. But more importantly, I love the experience with the friends and family like that. So any chance that I can have people come over to my house, you will see a charcuterie plate. I have to have a charcuterie plate because it's the only time I'll eat a charcuterie plate, which is cheese and wine and, and meats. I mean, meats and cheeses. Um, so those are some of my uh, uh, things that I love. What are the future goals and aspirations for Jim Roman? That's a good question. Now, to be honest, I never thought I would want to be a million-dollar business. So we have a program. Our whole philosophy is micro to millions while having a life. Whether you're trying to go to a quarter million, a half a million or a million or more in revenue, we want to help. And so I said for the longest time, well, I don't know that I could have a million dollar business and then help other people get the million. And then I realized that was just uh, an excuse. And so I felt led that I will have a million dollar business. I'm going to build a million dollar business. And it's not about the million dollars as it is the amount of people that it impacts. And to be able to push myself to do it. If I'm, if I'm mentoring and teaching people to do it, why don't I do it? And, and, and you know, walk to walk uh, so I can talk to talk. So that's one of my goals. The other goal is to, lately I've been thinking about helping coaches be successful. I am really good at coaching coaches. I've coached a lot of coaches, to include my own coaching team, to be successful. And it lights my up. In fact, one of my coaches just a couple of weeks ago going, man, I don't have enough business. You know, I'm, I want my book to get out to a million people. And, I'm, and she's just, you know, just one of those negative moods that we get to from time to time. And so I started coaching her some more and more and more. And I get an email from her uh, Tuesday going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. God answered my prayers. And she just went on and on and on. She's lit up. She's excited. And so I love coaching coaches. So we have a certified coaching program we haven't launched yet. Not only does it teach you how to be a great coach, but how to make money as a coach. Um, and so those are some of the things that we have coming down the pike that I would love to, to see come to fruition. What would current Jim tell 18-year-old Jim? Uh, call Annette Wolchinski when your car breaks down. No, just kidding. <laughs> Annette will hear that. Um, uh, that is actually funny. What would 18-year-old Jim, t or what would, what would today Jim tell 18-year-old Jim today? Um, number one, always do your best. Number two, push through the pain and the pressure. I remember, I want to say it was uh, eighth grade or ninth grade, I went out for wrestling and um, it got really tough and I quit. And I said, oh, I just don't like wrestling. But I, I never forgot that I didn't push myself through it. And then I was in basic training. I was a squad leader and it was tough and I wanted to quit. And then um, several other things I quit. I quit. And um, there's a lot of things I didn't quit. And so I would say, push through the pressure, push through the pain, um, no matter what, because in the end, you can take it and you'll make it um, and never forget that. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information, visit my website at jimromanonline.com or follow me on Facebook and LinkedIn at jimromanonline.com. And you can email me at questions at askjimroman.com.